Welcome to the pulse that moves the triangle world today. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, helpful tips, what's trending, events, and boundless other adventures. It's a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Inspreffer. Hi, friends. Welcome to Series 1, Episode 4 of our Things to Do During COVID-19. This has been one of our most popular series, I think in part because people are looking for hope on the horizon and or they are just going bat crazy with cabin fever. So once again, we present some things out there, just some ideas. And once again, we have to point out, and this is huge waiver time, only consider options that are right for you and yours. What may be okay for someone else may not work for you. Certainly, you do not want to have any COVID-sensitive conditions. All restrictions and precautions must be adhered to. Wear those masks, wash those hands, social distance. Remember, even though COVID-19 restrictions are being lifted or reduced in many areas, uh, even now here in our state, we're at 2.5 at the time of this recording, although they're looking to go into possibly phase three next week. Um, But who knows? Other states, they're in phase four, five, etc. Some of them have different phases than what ours looks like. So even if they're in four and five, that may be equivalent to our two or three. But in any case, you know, the pandemic, it's still out there. It hasn't gone away. So you have to take this all with a grain of salt. And just want to also point out that Triangle 411 seeks information for our listeners on all kinds of subjects, but we never endorse any company or activities. So if staying home is best for you, that's what you should do, and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Likewise, if you think you can manage some things, you know, you have to to judge everything for yourself. But if you're venturing out anyway, anyway, like if that's the case, you're going to go no matter what, then here's some ideas for you. First up, all the fall farms are opening up with autumn and Halloween activities. Oh, it's just one of my favorite things to get out and do. Um, fall is our our little uh, respite before <laughs> winter. And, you know, you can take in all the pumpkins, the hay rides, the corn mazes, and other orange season treats. Now, this this I'm going to I'm going to give you it might be tough social distancing in these um situations on these farms although I will say Lazy Hound Farms in Zebulon and Phillips Farm and Carey assure specialized cleanings limited entries social distancing and sanitizing stations but still you know you're going to want to watch your step and visit their websites before you go for COVID-19 and other information. And I do mean watch your step with this. Um, 
I recently went to, well, I won't say where, but on an outing, and I found that the event holder was very cognizant of all the pandemic restrictions and precautions, and they did a real good job. I mean, you could not turn but a couple feet, and there was hand hand sanitizing. Um, hand sanitizer stations all over. And when you were going into different buildings, they limited, and they were strict on it, they limited how many people could go into the building at a time. And they required wearing masks. I mean, they took all the necessary steps. That being said, I did not find attendees always so cautious. And there was a few times I had to say, you know, do you mind a little more space? Or I would just walk away from something to protect myself. And and don't be afraid to do that. That's perfectly fine. And it's perfectly fine to ask someone, you know, to just step back a little. Now, don't get into a fight. A lot of people are getting into fights. And we're certainly not proposing that. You have to, like everything, judge that. If somebody seems receptive, that's great, and it works for both of you. If they don't, then just walk away and protect yourselves. Now, on the other hand, there is no need for coronavirus nightmares with search in the city's car scavenger hunts. Stay in your car and you take the reins on COVID safety. Search in the city.com. Search in the city.com plans a fun car scavenger hunt. You'll be looking for the fifth oldest operating amusement park, a train station, a square facelift, and several murals. So here again, stay in your car, grab the family, grab some friends, have a fun day of it. Speaking of murals, find them around town and fashion a a photo journal of them. And that can make for an entertaining day. Think about that. If you're a photographer, great, that's, that's your day. If you're a family, take your camera, but have the kids take theirs too. And then make a day of it. Gather all the photos of the murals. Go back home. Make a scrapbook of your day. Get some of the scrapbook accessories. All the little sayings and uh, decals and things like that. The stickers. And make a photo journal out of your day. You can even start the day with pancakes and ham and eggs kind of breakfast, and then head out for your mural photo shoot. There's a plethora of creations, including one of Morgan Freeman, a lion chasing a bike, and one on poolside pies that exhibits positivity. In fact, there are several message murals, such as I Believe in Raleigh, And there again, that's something you can talk to your kids about. 
Maybe you make up your own mural when you get home. Maybe you have the kids come up with positive messages. It can be a day. (laughs) In this COVID world, it can be a day. Now I'm going to tell you about Atlas Obscura. That's A-T-L-A-S-O-B-S-C-U-R-A dot com. According to their website, they are a global community of explorers who have together created a comprehensive database of the world's most wondrous places and foods. Actually, they have over 21,000 of them so far, and they point out so far. (laughs) Anything from a secret apartment atop the Eiffel Tower to bridges built out of living roots, from a temple shaped like a chicken to an island ruled by cats, from a fruit that tastes like chocolate pudding to a spicy chutney made out of red ants. Their first book, Atlas Obscura, An Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders, was number one bestseller on Amazon. Additionally, Atlas Obscura takes small groups of travelers on adventures, and they can include things like mountaintop temples to Chernobyl's Forbidden Zone to a scientific research station in the Peruvian Amazon. So I think you get the hint that this is a very unique travel option. And of course, common sense tells you these types of international excursions are on hold right now. But I'm pointing it out so you kind of keep it in your back pocket for when travel gets back to normal because it is so different. And they do have some local things I'm going to tell you about that you can do now. Um, And and COVID-wise, they are on high alert concerning COVID restrictions and provisions as best as anybody can be. And a lot of their trips offer social distancing like a self-led houseboat adventure on the Erie Canal. Now, that's something really different. And you can certainly address social distancing with this one. If you and some friends or you and four family members go, um, they specialize clean, COVID clean, COVID defense on the houseboat before you get on it. It has a seal, so you don't get on it till it's completely clean. And then it's just you and yours on this houseboat. You're on your own uh, for the whole trip. So that's kind of the ultimate in social distancing while still taking a vacation. You do have to check out availability. This one filled up fast. I'm not sure there's anything left at the time of the recording. But, you know, again, May's just around the corner, so... Maybe a thought for them. Locally, they had been offering a trip to Asheville, and, I, and I'm and this one's this one's done. But I'm going to tell you again, so you just keep it in your pocket and look for it to come back because it's right here in Asheville. But it's kind of a different type of thing, and that's why I'm pointing them out is that they're they're unique uh, rather than just your normal Asheville trip. They do um, one that they describe as wandering ancient alpine landscapes foraging for plants and herbs, preparing traditional Appalachian dishes, learning traditional handicrafts from local artisans, all to the wail of a fiddle. 
And this one too can be done in a small group for social distancing, or they offer private tours. And, and that's another reason they might be worthwhile to check out because some of these could be private and again, maybe offer some peace of mind as best you can these days on um, the social distancing, etc. But right here in Raleigh, unusual attractions are recommended by Atlas Obscura. The nice thing about these locations is that if you go with, again, family members or friends in your car, you are 100% socially distanced in your own coronavirus-free zone. Here's a couple sites. The Bain Water Treatment Plant. The treatment plant for the capital of Raleigh, North Carolina, for many decades, still possesses a presence more than 20 years after it has been closed. Now an official city historical landmark, the Pine State Creamery, was formed at the behest of the State College Agricultural Extension Service, which encouraged the establishment of dairy cooperatives after World War I. Raleigh developed in tandem with the Creamery, which, throughout the middle of the century, created 400 jobs and produced over 9 million gallons of milk annually, supplying half the state's school system cafeteria milk. But after top creamery officials pleaded guilty in 1991 to felony charges and a statewide bid-rigging scheme, oh, those bid-rigging schemes, turns out the creamery had allegedly overcharged hundreds of thousands of school children for milk throughout the 1980s. Pine State suffered heavy fines and eventually succumbed to bankruptcy in 1995. I'm taking that right off of the Atlas website. Um, but again, drive by the Bain Water Treatment Plant, the Creamery, and here's one more. The water pumping station on Wade Avenue is disguised as a residential home to quiet, concerned neighbors. Today, it still tricks the people passing by. So again, a fun trip, spend a day driving by these oddities. For ultimate COVID safe trip, utilize Atlas Obscura's online adventures. So if you really are itching for some travel, but you want to stay COVID safe, watch these online. In one, you can travel to Britain to explore the Taliston House, a grim fairy tale delight, or saddle up for an Oregon trail journey. You can visit weird homes, or if you're in the Halloween spirit, there is an online escapade into a cave they describe as dark, hidden, and scary, acting as nature's haunted house. If you're interested, you can check out all these types of things in upcoming excursions at atlasobscura.com, A-T-L-A-S-O-B-S-C-U-R-A.com. During the pandemic, naturally, activities, trips, etc. are subject to change, so please be sure to investigate updates before you go. What I'm talking about today may not be available tomorrow with the ever-changing aspect of the pandemic. And remember, when you go, only do it if it's what you feel you're comfortable with, you're responsible for your own health and well-being, follow restrictions, etc. Now I'm going to really change the subject here. I want to get the word out on something else. 
And this is beneficial opportunities. First, give help, get help. If you're a local business owner dealing with reduced revenue during COVID-19, you may qualify for assistance through the county's Wake Forward program. Info can be found at covid19.wakegov.com forward slash wake forward. covid19.wakegov.com forward slash wake forward. Preventing homelessness. Wake County has launched a hotline for people in need of affordable or temporary housing. You can call 919-443-0096. Financial assistance for citizens, Wake County residents who need assistance paying rent utility bills can be checking out this program. If you go to covid19.wakegov.com forward slash wake helps. So same as the other one, but instead of wake forward, it's wake helps. covid19.wakegov.com forward slash wake helps. For more generalized help, including rental assistance, you can go to wake.nc.com. Network of care.org. Wake dot NC dot network of care.org. Please pass this info on to anyone you know who is in need. One more thing we want to pass on in this election year is info on the 2020 Wake County Commissioner Candidates Forum. United Arts and Wake Up Wake County are hosting the 2020 Wake County Commissioner Candidates Forum on Tuesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. Tuesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. This virtual event is your chance to learn more about the candidates for the Wake County Commissioner before the election day on November 3rd. For info, go to County. Dot networkforgood.com. That's wakeupwakecounty.networkforgood.com. Program note here, for one of our next shows, we will be talking with a rep from the Board of Election on all the do's and don'ts, how-tos, and the basic how, when, where, why of the upcoming election. There's a lot of confusion about absentee ballots and where to go to vote and deadlines, etc. So someone's going to come on the program and help us out with all that. And of course, you can catch that on Amazon, Pandora, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google, Triangle 411. It's time for our nonprofit spotlight. Today, Laura Finn, the founder and CEO of The Walking Classroom and Chapel Here, is here to share the story. Welcome, Laura. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you could come and tell us all we need to know about Walking Classroom, which I think may play a unique and special role, especially during this COVID-19 period. 
for sure. We have been very fortunate that a lot of the schools that uh, do the walk-in classroom during normal school time um, with the changes that they've been experiencing, whether it's a hybrid learning model or a completely remote learning model, that they've been able to still continue with the walk-in classroom with their students. So tell us about the program in general, and then we can go into kind of specifics on different topics. Sure, I would love to. So I was a fifth grade teacher for a long time, and that's actually how I got the idea for the walk-in classroom. Uh, students were sitting a lot, and time for PE and recess was being cut or eliminated. And so it's just hard for students, it's hard for adults to sit for six hours at a time, and students were being expected to do this, you know, 180 days out of the school year. And so um, you know, understandably, they get antsy, they get tired, they get cranky, and they need to get out. But teachers were under a lot of restrictions for more classroom instruction, more classroom instruction. And so personally, I like to walk and listen to podcasts while I'm walking. So one day I was out for a walk listening to something that I had downloaded, and the idea hit me that I could do this for my students. And so what I did is I recorded some of the lessons that I would have taught to my students while they were sitting down in class, and I compiled a playlist, and I wrote um, a small grant for just from our local school foundation um, to get, uh, you know, little MP3 players. And so I had loaded up these podcasts that I created, um, you know, which were directly tied to the curriculum. So things that I would have taught to my students during social studies time or science time or language arts time, um, you know, it was sort of that they could listen to while we were walking. And so I approached my principal and she, you know, obviously in theory, everybody knows that the kids need to get out and get some exercise, but teachers and administrators are under lots of restrictions to improve test scores and, you know, have everything come down to student achievement. So unfortunately, um, you know, time for PE and recess gets replaced with school, with classroom instruction, like I said. So I approached my principal and I said, hey, um, so here's an idea. I said, it's still me teaching. I said, I've recorded all several lessons that I would have taught to my students while they were sitting in class. It's still me teaching. It's still class time, but I'd like to do it outside. And so she said to me, she said, you know what? I'm getting ready to retire. I don't care what you do. <laughs> and so really, and and so that was really the only way that I was able to try this with my students is because she didn't have to worry about any ramifications about, you know, God forbid, letting the kids outside. And so not surprisingly, the kids loved it. My whole thought had been that if I get the kids outside, you know, walking, um, whether or not they learned anything, I didn't anticipate that. I was sort of figured if they learned anything, that would be gravy. But my whole point was to get them out, get them some fresh air and exercise. And then I knew once they got back to the classroom, they would be ready to learn then. Um, you know, always teachers know that after gym or after recess, the kids come back and they're, they're, you know, they're enthusiastic, they're more engaged. And so, you know, they're really primed for learning because their brains are oxygenated and their kids need exercise. So what I had not anticipated was how much the kids really did retain, how much the kids really did learn. And what was especially shocking was my students who really, 
um, you know, my high flyers who were strong readers and who raised their hands all the time, um, they were not necessarily the best listeners because they didn't have to be. They had the luxury of being, you know, strong students in a traditional setting. Um, but it was my students who were more on the periphery, my ADHD kids, my dyslexic kids, my autistic kids, my kids who were not strong readers for whatever reason. It was those kids who were really strong listeners who, you know, they didn't, they never knew that they had had this preferred learning style and their hands were raising. They were more engaged. And, you know, to be 10 years old and to feel smart for the first time, it's pretty powerful. And so not only were these kids realizing that they were smart and that they could learn, but the other students realized that those kids were smart and that they could learn. And so it was really sort of a nice way, um, you know, to sort of equalize the classroom. The kids just thought it was fun. They were just happy to get out of the classroom. Um, they didn't realize how much they were benefiting, how much they were learning, how much they were, you know, retaining. Well, anyway, fast forward 10 years. Uh, we're now, the walk-in classroom is a nonprofit program. We're nationwide. We have, you know, tens of thousands of kids across the country, all 50 states using the program. Um, and it's really based on the exact same idea. It's, it's podcasts that are supplement the curriculum. So there's podcasts that are related to science and social studies and, you know, language arts, biographies, parts of speech. And the format is the same. It's, it's, um, the you know the teacher, which is me, having a conversation with two students, and I actually use real kids, former students of mine, and we'll have a conversation about um, you know the water cycle as I'm looking at the rain outside right now, or there might be a conversation about the Emancipation Proclamation, or there might be a conversation about um, Sojourner Truth, and so you know all these different topics that are related. But instead of, you know, the kids having to sit down, they all listen to the same podcast at the same time and they walk. And so on a day like today when it's raining, the students, you know, just because it's raining doesn't mean they're not able to do the program. They can do an indoor route around the interior of the school. Um, and, you so, know, like I said, it's really been wonderful because um, we also offer an app. And so a lot of the students have been able a lot of the families have been able to get the program downloaded on their phone at home. And so with the virtual learning, you know, it's a great way to get away from the screen and get up and get some exercise. The parents can go for a walk with the kids if they're available. Um, and, let, let, me, you know, let me stop yeah. you for a minute because we're almost out of time and I want to make sure the people... <laughs> I get excited. I keep talking. I'm hey, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited and I appreciate some, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sorry to say it, but sometimes like in any job, you know, you it becomes so routine, then it's nice to see an enthusiastic well, you're not a teacher anymore, but you know that you would have that enthusiasm to do something new and different and really care about your students. And so that's, that's wonderful. But I'm trying to like now before we run out of time, how does this work in particular in a person's life now? Like that was great. You got your school to do it and it was part of that school curriculum, but can like, um, you know, can a, a Wake County public school somehow get this and give sure, it to their students sure. or um, is this just like individual, like after they've done the whole school thing, they get one of these podcasts to listen to. And sure. one one more quick thing, because I know you're going to go into it is, is this available nationwide or just in North Carolina? 
Sure. No, it is definitely available nationwide. Our website is thewalkingclassroom.org, O-R-G. We're a nonprofit program. And so we do have school. We have individual homeschoolers that use the program. We have classrooms that use the program. We have entire school districts that use the program. And so it's available. The program is available two different ways. One is we have a preloaded audio device that comes preloaded with all of the podcasts on there. So there's an entire school year's worth of podcasts that are preloaded onto each of these audio devices. So there's no Wi-Fi. There's no, you know, uploading or downloading that needed. And so, um, you know, each student needs their own audio device. So each student needs their own walk-it while they're walking. Um, but those devices can be shared among classrooms. So for several, you know, schools who have like three fifth-grade classrooms, they buy one classroom set, and then that one set is shared among the different classrooms. And like I said, we have entire school districts that, you know, everybody uses the walking classroom. It's geared towards grades three to eight. We do have some high school programs that use it, but um, really the sweet spot is, you know, upper elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, like I said, with the app, uh, it enables families whose students, you know, you know, they're looking for supplemental resources and really to get the kids away from a screen. Um, you know, the app is available on iOS as well as um, Android devices. Okay. Well, that's, that's all good to know. I would just, you know, um, I know a lot of kids are struggling with the looking at the screen all day, but if they're already looking at a screen all day and, um, in other words, it it would really be great if the school district is doing it. So instead of their social studies, they do your social studies. But if it's just to add to something after being in class six hours a day, that's really different. And I would like to see that if it's not in your school district, is there a way for a parent to like talk to their school district to say, Hey, would you give this walking classroom consideration for social studies or geography or whatever the subject might be? Sure. Absolutely. And I would, I would, I would encourage anybody to, um, use, you know, to visit our website, which, um, you know, lays that, that all out and also has our contact information on there. Um, but we have lots of wording. I'm happy to help teacher or, you know, parents, however they might need, um, you know, if they need information about bringing it to their school, we've got lots of things. They can go ahead and, uh, Laura at the org. I'd be happy to send whatever they need. That's, that's wonderful because I know a lot of people that would love to get this into their classroom. Um, into their school district. And I agree with you about exercise. It's important in itself. I mean, you know, this is, we do so many shows on COVID-19 and one of the big things is get out and exercise, get out and walk because of the whole endorphins. And uh, I like how you said even adults have a hard time sitting for six hours straight. Everybody has that two o'clock nap time (laughs) phenomenon going on in them where, you know, you're just, and if you get out and you, and you, do walking or whatever that really helps. So this is fabulous. Would you give the website one more time, please? Sure. It's um, www.thewalkingclassroom.org. Thank you so much for being here. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. You can catch us on any major podcast platform 
platform or at our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be humane.